Session 12 of the Law of One. In this part one, we're going to talk about specifically of the Orion group and the quarantine that was established here in the solar system. Let's go. In the past couple of sessions, we've been touching on the Orion group and we have some information about them. This session 12 focuses a lot about them. So we're going to get a lot of information about it. This part one of this session that I'm doing is going to cover mostly the Orion group and part of it quarantine as they established it a long time ago when they did the transfer of Mars here, as you remember from past sessions. So we're going to go straight into it because the information is not that deep, but we have a couple of things that I would like to discuss. So let's just dive into this. Starting up, Don asks, continuing with the previous session, you mentioned that the Orion Crusaders came here in chariots. Could you describe a chariot? Process. The term chariot is a term used in warfare among your peoples. That is its significance. The shape of the Orion craft is one of the following. Firstly, the elongated ovoid shape, which is of a darker nature than silver, but which has a metallic appearance if seen in the light. In the absence of light, it appears to be red or fiery in some manner. Other craft include disc-shaped objects of a small nature, approximately 12 feet in your measurement in diameter. The box-like shape approximately 40 feet to a side in your measurements. Other craft can take on a desired shape through the use of thought control mechanisms. There are various civilization complexes which work within this group. Some are more able to use intelligent infinity than others. The information is very seldom shared. Therefore, the chariots vary greatly in shape and appearance. So. Uh, one of the things that is mostly known about the Orion group, and especially the Draco, Draco Reptilian that make up this uh, part of this group, if not the, the elites mostly, is that they travel a lot in this uh, cigar shape, shape um, elongated type of uh, craft. There are several that has been seen in the past, uh, and it's, it's curious because some of them have actually been seen as Raz describes them as being fiery or kind of reddish in color. And that's a, that's a common sighting that is here, uh, here in the ufology that follows this. Uh, the other part that he explains here is that some of them are kind of thought forms. And because there are different um, uh, civilizations or groups that they, they kind of conform this, this Orion group, and they're, they don't share much of their information because obviously, you know, service to self, they're pretty selfish. So uh, they have different types of, of vehicles. And I guess that's why they don't have a common vehicle, maybe. And there's a great variety. But those are the chariots that Rise referring to here. Let's go on. Don says, is there any effort by the Confederation to stop the Orion chariots from arriving here? Ra says that every effort is made to quarantine this planet. However, the network of guardians, much like any other pattern of patrols of whatever level, does not hinder each and every entity from penetrating quarantine. For if request is made in light love, the law of one will be met with acquiescence. 
If the request is not made due to the slipping through the net, then there is penetration of this net. Don asks, how does the Confederation stop the Orion Chariot from coming through the quarantine? That's a beautiful answer. There is contact at that level of life form or light body being, depending upon the vibratory level of the Guardian. These Guardians sweep reaches of your Earth's energy fields attempting to be aware of any entities approaching. An entity which is approaching is hailed in the name of the One Creator. Any entity thus hailed is bathed in love light and will a free will obey the quarantine due to the power of the law of one. So basically the way they create the barrier, the quarantine here is with light love, as Ra explains, which we're gonna find out a little bit more in the next slides, but it's um, it seems to be like a barrier of light that needs to be met with the same um, I guess energy, which is the the ones that the Confederation use or the Guardians themselves, and it depends on the guard the Guardian seems. Um, but they they kind of create this barrier that needs to be acknowledged before actually crossing the quarantine. And then Don asks a little bit more about how the system works, and he says, "What would happen to the entity if he did not obey the quarantine after being held?" Ross says. To not obey quarantine after being hailed on the level of which we speak would be the equivalent to you, to your not stopping upon walking into a solid brick wall. Don says, what would happen to the entity then if he did this? What would happen to his chariots? Ross says, the creator is one being. The vibratory level of those able to reach the quarantine boundaries is such that upon seeing the love light nets, it is impossible to break this law. Therefore, nothing happens. No attempt is made. There is no confrontation. The only beings who are able to penetrate the quarantine are those who discover windows or distortions in the space-time continua surrounding your planet's energy fields. Through these windows they come. These windows are rare and unpredictable. So, a couple of things here. There is no way to like bypass this quarantine. At least not in, in the way, the conventional way. He does talk about some uh, windows of opportunities that happen there, like breaches in, in the quarantine, but we'll get to that. What I like to, uh, to visualize is that there is an acknowledgement by the, the guardians to the people approaching. And if they don't uh, listen, they basically just can't. And it, it's almost like there is no way to, to pass this quarantine by, uh, by any other means but by being acknowledged by the law of one in uh, the love light that the guardians are, are expressing. However, there are some rifts and some windows of opportunity that happen in time space that allow this quarantine to be broken and they're taken advantage of. So that's where the direction of the conversation is going. There's something else about how the quarantine uh, has been established and the, the type of confrontation that we think exists in, in, in these levels, a lot of times we kind of humanize the reactions that these higher density beings would have with each other. And it seems like evidently the way we communicate in other densities is completely different than here. And the confrontation doesn't go beyond four density for what I can gather in some of the, the further sessions, the way they talk about that these conflicts are not, um, 
they're not waged in in fifth or sixth density it's mostly fourth density third and fourth density but that's beyond the point um let's go next in the slides where don says does this account for what we called the ufo flaps where a large number of ufos show up like in 1973. ra says this is correct well then are most of the ufos which are seen in our skies from the orion group ra says many of those seen in your skies are of the orion group they send out messages some are received by those who are oriented towards service to others these messages then are altered to be acceptable to those entities while warning of difficulties ahead. This is the most that self-serving entities can do when faced with those whose wish is to serve others. The contacts with the Orion Group, which the Orion Group, group uh, finds most helpful to their cause, are those contacts made with entities whose orientation is towards service, service to self. So, pretty quick, uh, those are the reasons, those uh, breaches or those windows of opportunities are the reason why some of the UFO flaps have happened in the past where they see a lot of UFOs in, uh, in, the, uh, in the skies. And that's what they were saying there. If those windows of opportunities are the ones that cause those UFO flaps. Now, there have been different UFO flaps, like the one in Washington, D.C. in the 50s was a completely different one. Uh, but when talking about these random events that happen and that there is no explanation for them, that's what they're talking about. Second, in this last slide, they're talking about how the, uh, the Orion group sends those messages and what do they accomplish with those. When they send those messages to people like us, oriented towards service to others, the most they can do is give us like um, doom scenarios or that kind of information that it's warning of difficulties ahead. Uh, so that's what Rice is explaining here that when the most they can do is just give us messages that makes us feel like it's um, it's a terrible outcome what's happening uh, next. So it's going to get more interesting. So let's keep reading. And Ra continues and says, there are many thought forms entities in your skies which are a positive nature and are the projections of the Confederation. Other sightings are due to the inadvertent visualization by your people's optical mechanisms of your own government's weaponry. And we have talked about this in the past, that even though the secret space program is it's pretty secret about it, uh, there are some sightings from people seeing the, uh, the government's weaponry, as, uh, as Ra calls them. And that's the other type of sightings that, that happen. And of course, there are many thought forms that the Confederation sends that are also part of these sightings. So I think just Ra was covering all his bases there. Don then asks, you mentioned the Orion Crusaders. When they do get through the nets, give both technical and non-technical information. We know what you mean by technical information, but what type of non-technical information do they give to those they contact? Am I right in assuming that this is all done by te telepathic communication? And this question is going to get into something very cool. So we're gonna read what it, uh, what it says, and then we're gonna go into the explanation. Ross says, this is correct. Through telepathy, uh, the philosophy of the law of one with the distortion of service to self is promulgated. In advanced groups, there are rituals and exercises given. 
And these have been written down just as the service to others oriented entities have written down the promulgated philosophy of their teachers. The philosophy concerns the service of manipulating others that they may experience service towards the other self. Thus, through this experience, becoming able to appreciate service to self. These entities thus would become oriented towards service to self and in turn manipulate yet others so that they in turn might experience the service towards the other self. Okay, that's a mouthful. Well, let me explain what he's saying. The way that they communicate, the Orion group sends us messages. Say they see somebody positive like us, like I said before, they give us doom scenarios or tragedies or cataclysms or simply difficulties ahead, like Rasses. When they communicate with people who resonate with them, the philosophy that they give, which is the non-technical information that they, they pass down, it's almost the same like he's saying. We have our own doctrines and philosophies, like we know the Essenes, Jesus, of course, the Gnostics, and so on and so forth, the Buddhists, of course, the, uh, the, the Taoism. I mean, there's so many of our positive-oriented philosophies that we got from the Confederation and other sources. Now, the same thing happens with the negative-oriented ones. They give down uh, their information and they provide philosophies that need to be followed. Now, the philosophy that he's explaining here, and this is where everything gets a little bit more confusing, is that they provide the idea of manipulating others so that the others can feel the service to others experience while also learning the service to self. Well, that means that if I am to manipulate you, you're going to experience the service to others, which is me, right? The one doing the manipulation. And at the same time, you're going to experience the service to self, the reward of serving your, your own by this philosophy. And now you are going to have other people do the same thing. You're going to manipulate somebody else for your gain. That person's going to feel the service to others. And at the same time, the service to self which he then passed down, and it's a chain reaction. That's how it's uh, it, the main philosophy, you would say. Of course, they have, they have their own mechanisms and techniques and so on, just like we have our own techniques and mechanisms and so on for spreading the love and being positive and all this stuff. So it's just a beautiful part to see how the law of one actually reacts to the polarization of both paths. They are both serving the creation itself. And this is the, the service to self uh, service that it's created for the creation where the service to other service is our positive polarity creation. So that's the contrast. That's what creates this polarity or this dualistic uh, universe that we have. So hope that makes sense. Always ask me questions if it's needed. Don then continues to ask. Would this, be, would this be the origin of what we call black magic? Ra says, this is correct in one sense, incorrect in another. The Orion group has aided the so-called negatively oriented among your mind-body-spirit complexes. These same entities would be concerning themselves with service to self in any case. And there are many upon your so-called inner planes which are negatively oriented and thus available as inner teachers or guides and so-called possessors of certain souls who seek this distortion of service to self. The Orion group um, has aided a lot, of course, the negatively oriented 
people here. But there's also others that are in our inner planes, which uh, to me sounds like the Anshar that are part of the inner planes of the Earth and they are advanced in their evolution as a spirit and some of them may, might be uh, negatively oriented. Now I'm not talking about the Anshars that Corey Good is in contact with but maybe others that he actually has seen in his um, in his visits down to the uh, to the inner planes. That's my speculation so don't take it for uh, for granted. This could also be um, other dimensional beings that live in our planes, in our inner planes of the earth. So I don't have much information there, but it seems what he's saying is that it's not only the Orion group, but also negatively oriented entities that are available as teachers and guides for, for these people, not just the Orion group. Let's go to the next question. Don says, is it possible for an entity here on earth to be so confused as to call both the Confederation and the Orion group in an alternating way. First one, then the other, and then back to the first again. Ross says, it is entirely possible for the untuned channel, as you may call this service, to receive both positive and negative communications. If the entity at the base of its confusion is oriented towards service to others, the entity will begin to receive messages of doom. If the entity at the base of the complex of beingness is oriented towards service to self, the crusaders, who in this case do not find it necessary to lie, will simply begin to give the philosophy they are here to give. So pretty quick here, this is what we have been talking about, that if they see a positively oriented uh, person, they're going to give them that doom scenario. If they are in fact service to self oriented people, then they're just going to uh, disseminate their own philosophy without the necessity of lying. Now, this goes on to say, many of your so-called contacts among your people have been confused and self-destructive because the channels were oriented towards service to others, but in the desire for proof, were open to the lying information of the crusaders who then were able to neutralize the effectiveness of the channel. This is a big problem that has been going on for a long time. The thing is that it seems like some groups are not aware of this and this can be the demise of a lot of channelers is that because of the the alignment that they may have and the type of questions, just like we know and we have discussed in the past in session eight specifically when the questions were of a transient nature, um, Don was asking questions that weren't that relevant to the law of one and he was kind of like opening himself to other entities to answer instead of Ra. So the same thing happens here and one of the things that Ra says is that the, uh, the channelers in the, um, in the idea of trying to get proof of what they're getting because say they get information about something that's going to happen and they want proof then they start getting messages of doom because it's almost like the the radio frequency is being altered and now a different entity will channel so without uh, like he says the untuned channel will possibly get a positive and a negative depending on on their practice and so on and so forth so for anybody who wants to channel i would think it's a good idea to get uh, a really good guidance and know what they're doing because this information is just gonna cause more confusion and it's not gonna lead to anything. So it's a very important note there to make. So 
Let's continue. Are most of these Crusaders for density? Don asks. And Ross says, there is a majority of for density. That is correct. And then the last question that Don has is, does an individual in the for density normally appear or are they normally invisible to us? To what Ross says, the use of the word normal is one which befuddles the meaning of the question. Let us rephrase for clarity. The fourth density is, by choice, not visible to third density. It is possible for fourth density to be visible. However, it is not the choice of the fourth density entity to be visible due to the necessity of concentration upon a rather difficult vibratory vibrational complex, which is the third density you experience. So these last couple of questions where if the majority of them were for density, like I said at the beginning of the video, there are a majority of um, entities in four density who are causing this, this physical action that creates the manipulation of others. Obviously, fifth density manipulates fourth, fourth density manipulates third, and third density manipulates, well, just us third density. So that's the hierarchy in terms of the Orion group and the Crusaders themselves. And it's mostly for density because in fifth density, negative uh, entities are kind of like isolated and they don't work too much uh, because of their own nature and their polarization. Fifth density is where they extremely polarize towards the, the self-service, which means they really can't tolerate anybody else but themselves. Um, so that's the, the answer there. The other thing that uh, Ra says is that four density is by, uh, by default invisible to us, which kind of makes sense. But the also, also another thing that he says is that it would require a lot of concentration for them to kind of be visible for us here in third density, which also makes sense depending of the vibration that they have to lower themselves to maybe. So I'm not sure how that works, but that's what Ra is saying. That's all I got for this first part. In the next part, we're going to still talk about the Orion group and a couple of other concepts that are uh, a little bizarre, which involves the men uh, in black and also a robot and some other thought forms. So it's kind of uh, interesting. But the real cool thing is going to happen when we talk for the first time completely about Wanderers. So. Wanderers is the main thing to me in that next part of this session 12. As always, thank you so much for watching. Subscribe, like, notification bell, description box has all my links, comments if you have any. And again, thank you so much for watching. My love to you. Send me your love because I always get it. Thank you so much.